Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers. What's going on? This is Hal Elrod, and uh, welcome to today's episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I'll tell you, I just spoke at an event in Dallas, and almost every time I speak at a live event, I usually have folks approach me and talk about the podcast and mention that the podcast, uh, you know, that they love it or that it's, it's really helped them or changed their life. And I so appreciate that because, um, of all the things that I do, pod- podcasting is the most isolated, like lonely thing, right? You know, there, there's no audience. I'm like, is, are my jokes landing? Or you know, is anybody listening to this thing? And of course, you know, we know from the downloads that millions of people are listening. But it is just really neat when I get to meet you face to face. And so, if you're ever able to come to an event that I'm speaking at, uh, please do. Please say hello. I would love to hear it. And in the meantime, feel free. You know, you're listening to the podcast. I would love. Uh, I never ask you guys to leave comments, and I, I listen to other podcasters. And I'm like, they always ask their audience to leave comments and engage and reviews and this and that. And so, if you uh, love today's episode, please leave a comment below wherever you are listening to this. Hopefully, you're listening to it on halelrod.com forward slash podcast or forward slash whatever the number of today's episode will be. So I am excited for today. And uh, this is uh, possibly, I think this is a first in the Achieve Your Goals podcast world, which is that the woman that I'm introducing you today is uh, from Italy. And not just from Italy, but she's in Italy. And I met her in Italy, right? So I was speaking at an event in Italy in Milan few a couple of months ago and not too bad not too far back and one of the other speakers uh lucia giovanini was i I loved her message i loved her spirit and we connected and we chatted and we followed up and uh, i invited her to be on the podcast and so in case you don't know lucia and in the in in the united states she's like kind of new she's very famous in italy but uh, but we're bringing her. You know, I want to introduce her to our community. And uh, Lucia Giovannini is a world-renowned sensation. She's a former international Italian supermodel turned transformational speaker and author of thirteen books. And her work is designed to craft a synergy between traditional psychological techniques, motivational practices, and ancient Eastern rituals that really create profound experiences for her readers, for the attendees of her live seminars, and anyone that follows her work. And Lucia has been called the Italian Louise Hay. And her acclaimed book, A Whole New Life, Discover the Power of Positive Transformation, which has been translated already into more than eight languages, debuts in the U.S. for the first time ever, March of 2019. And I just double-checked, it is available for pre-order now on Amazon.com. So after the episode today, you can check that out a whole New Life is her book. Lucia, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Hal. Actually, I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you. You are so welcome. Okay, so I have to say now, so at least I let it out. Sorry for my English, because of course I'm not a native speaker, so... (laughs) 
<laughs> no, yeah, I appreciate that acknowledgement, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've heard you speak while you were, I guess you were in Italy, but uh, yeah, no, I've, uh, I've spoken with you and I think your English is, is fantastic and your accent is charming, so it's a win-win. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so I want to start with what I just mentioned in your bio, which is that you are often referred to as the Italian Louise Hay. And Louise Hay, for those that don't know, she was the you know, founder of Louise, uh, or I'm sorry, Hay House Publishing and uh, wrote many, many books. She was very well known for her teachings on affirmations. And uh, when I say you've been referred to as the Italian Louise Hay, that's not just you know by your mom or you know right your spouse, but that's by prestigious media like Marie Fr- Maria France Asia, The Times of India, and La Stampa. These are all prestigious Italian publications. And Louise was famous for her teachings on affirmations. So I believe personally that affirmations, when done effectively, are indeed one of the most effective practices to reprogram our mind, optimize our mindset, and create lasting change in our life. So I would love to hear your perspective, Lucia, on the correct use or the effective use of affirmations. And also, I've heard you speak about their downsides. So touch on that, please. Yes, because definitely. I mean, I love affirmations, obviously, and I use them a lot. And um, sometimes I hear people, you know, especially in the field of psychology saying, oh, it's just turning away from problems, pretending that they don't exist. But in reality, we use affirmation to to see things in a new way, to give a new direction to our mind. It's like planting seeds. Um, so, um, that's the idea of the use of affirmation. And of course, what there is there, because it's true, there is an inherent risk. The risk is just, you know, to do affirmations without doing any actions. Mm. And, you know, uh, and sometimes I've seen that in people, like you do affirmations, you do affirmations and they put you in a good mood and they put you in the right mood to act. But then if you don't act, like, okay, I now have a wonderful new job. I, I now have a wonderful new job. But then if you don't send resumes, if you don't go out and look for a job, if you don't propose yourself, you know, to, 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 to people, uh, then, um, uh, th- then you do just half of the job in a way. So uh, this is, you know, the first um, downside of affirmation. And then sometimes uh, what happens is that people do affirmations, but uh, sometimes if we use affirmations that are too far from our truth, then there's part of our unconscious mind that goes, "Mm -mm, I don't believe that, Mm -mm, no way. And so um, what I normally suggest to people is to, start those affirmations with I'm willing to, or Mm. I now give myself permission to, or I deserve to, or I choose to deserve to, or I'm open to, or I'm preparing now for. So use those affirmations like introductory affirmations for a while. And then when they are more ready, they go to the the, the full affirmation. So that's another, another um, trick that, that, uh, I found very useful. No, and and I, then- I'm completely with you. I think that that's one of the biggest problems with affirmations is that the way they've been taught by self-help pioneers is to, you kind of touched on it, to lie to yourself, right? To say, I am blank, whatever the blank is. And, and it's not a reality yet, but it's your desired reality. And that's what I find is that people do that. And then affirmations don't work for them because they're fighting the truth, right? If you lie to yourself and say, I am wealthy, when you're broke, broke, right? Yeah. 
then you're piling liar on top of your financial challenges and struggles and that sort of thing, right? So yeah. I, I love that you said that. And I, I, and you were, I think I, I cut you off. You were going to share another challenge with affirmations. Yes, yes. So the adding action is a very important thing. And so we could also add some questions like, I am lovable, for example. Okay, how does a lovable person behave? Okay, or I am wealthy. Okay, how does a wealthy pe- person behave? You know, I am fit. I am slim. Okay, how does a, a fit person or, or a, a slim person behave? So uh, add some action. And in order to add some action, a good um, point is a good step is also to translate them into questions. For example, I am lovable. Okay, why am I so lovable? I am in my perfect health. How am I in my perfect health? My life is balanced between work and play. Again, how, you know? So I'm not saying don't do affirmation. Absolutely do affirmation. But And also, uh, once in a while, translate them into questions so that the unconscious mind can start filling up the, the, the questions or filling up, you know, and, and finding the answers to move you into action. Because when you combine affirmations and action, you sort of combine, kind of combine the law of attraction with the law of action. And then it's a full, uh, very powerful uh, process. So that's the other thing. And and also uh, often people ask me, okay, how often should I do affirmation? Like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, which is, I mean, of course, a good practice, like 20 minutes, it's already a very good practice. But also the other thing is be aware of how we talk to ourselves the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of our life. Because if I do affirmation, life loves me, life loves me, and it's okay, it's fantastic. For 10 minutes and then for 23 hours I say life sucks, then there's a discrepancy there. Yeah, that's that's something that I taught my daughter recently is that that every word out of your mouth is an affirmation, essentially, right? Absolutely. And, and I talked to her about every word that we speak to other people is an affirmation to those people. And so for me, I'm really cognizant of how I talk to my wife and my kids, uh, you know, particularly my wife and my kids, but to where I use affirmations where I'm affirming to empower them in their beliefs and their mindset and their confidence and their you know, self-love, if you will, right? I'm trying to reinforce all of those, not only by doing my own affirmations in the morning, but then throughout the day, really speaking life and belief and power and love into every person that I come in contact with. So Absolutely. That's the idea because words can be blessing or curse. So we really have to be careful of I mean, how we use our words with ourselves in our inner talk, uh, in, our thought, in our thoughts, basically, and with other people, especially the people we love. Because for some reasons, we tend to be more, less conscious of how we speak to our children, our spouses. And for some reasons, we behave badly with them. And so, and it's really something that, I mean, it, it's not right. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, I, I I completely agree. So one of the things that you're known for is change. That that, that is your expertise. Meaning, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's you know how to help people make meaningful changes that last. How to cope with unwanted changes that you know kind of fall into your lap. Derek Sievers. So one of uh, when it comes to your new book, A Whole New Life, 
I read this endorsement from Derek Sieberts, who he is, if you don't know who Derek is, if you're listening, the former president of CD Baby, right? Multi-million dollar company. He wrote a book, one of my absolute favorite books. I love this book. It's called Anything You Want. And Derek said, wow, about your book, Lucia. Wow, this is the most insightful and profound book on life and change in many, many years. Clear observations, wise, insightful, and unjudging tone sprinkled with amazing quotes and relatable anecdotes. Very powerful. Highly recommend it. So one of the most important abilities for us as human beings is the ability to make change, right? If That's the only way for us to live to our full potential is to have the ability, the skill, the will to make meaningful changes that last. But then also it's how to cope with unwanted changes, right? We've got to be able to handle both of those, be able to actively make the changes that we want and then be able to cope with the unwanted changes that fall into our lap that kind of happen to us, if you will. So I'd love being that this is your expertise, making change, coping with unwanted changes. I'd love to hear your take on both of those, Lucia. Number one, how do you make meaningful changes that last, right? What's the first step or what's the process? And then after that, how do you cope with unwanted changes that happen to you? Yeah. So first of all, how to make meaningful changes that last First of all, know what kind of changes you want. And uh, I mean, it, it may seem stupid, you know, obvious, but it's not because many people don't have actual clarity on the changes they want to make. And or they just, I mean, follow what their spouses, their families, their or society, you know, you got to have a good job. And then those are the changes they want to make. But if it's not their true calling, if it's not their true goals, then it's not meaningful. So that's, I would say, step number one. And then be aware that you do have the potential to make that change. And in order to do that, sometimes we need to unlearn old rules, unlearn old conditioning beliefs that, that you know, we learned when we were children that said, oh, you, you don't have enough capacities, you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. So these, of course, are the basics. And then I would say stop being driven by pleasure and instead go towards your self-actualization or towards happiness. Mm. And I think the problem in our society is that we tend to confuse pleasure with happiness. And by happiness, I just don't mean, you know, enthusiasm, but I, I mean, you know, your full, true realization. So, and, and I went through that uh, myself as well. I now can clearly understand how, for example, my frantic search for pleasure when I was still, you know, modeling, doing my old job prohibited from me from finding my real happiness for many years. So knowing the difference between the, do, the two is extremely important because real happiness emerges when what we do makes our lives and the world around us better. So when we follow our mission and uh, happiness is found by doing the right thing, by making investments that allow us to accumulate emotional and mental wealth, helping us to grow, to develop our good qualities, to find new talents, to build our life the way we want to. But pleasure has other characteristics. It's more short-term reward. We taste pleasure, then we are consuming something, happiness, on the other hand, implies making investment of our time, money, attention, energy, and sometimes it's not so pleasurable. Like what you do with the miracle morning, uh, every day, waking up early, sometimes, especially at the beginning, it's not pleasurable, but yeah. it, it helps you to go towards your true happiness or towards true 
self-actualization. So, uh, and this is a clear distinction that, uh, that, that we need to keep in mind every day because every day we come across this kind of choice. Even in the simplest of things, like when we get home from work, do we invest our time in reading a stimulating book in volunteering, in taking a guitar pay or a painting class, or do we sink in front of the TV? Yeah. So this is really, really very important. And then, of course, the other thing is that I mean, we often, when we think about change, creating the changes we want, we look at the end result, and it's important, you know, to be motivated. But yeah. at the same time, uh, sometimes it feels daunting if it feels too much of a step. So the other trick is really to take little baby steps. And sometimes change is not a, a revolution, but more of an evolution. And I think it was uh, an American poet, Thomas Elliot, who, who used to say that our life, human life, is measured in teaspoons, so in little steps. And this, uh, again, is something very important that, that keeps us towards change. And, and uh, so now how to cope with change, how to cope with unwanted change, Actually, I would you, say... Before you go to that, I wanted, there was a, I wanted to comment on a couple of things that you shared. That's okay. You mentioned taking baby steps. And I believe that that is overlooked and so important. And, and I, I just want to give a, a real quick example. I was recently feeling, I, I've been feeling overwhelmed with uh, I've got so many big projects on the horizon. So I have a we have a new book, The Miracle Morning for Couples, comes out in February. I have another book coming out in April called The Miracle Equation, and then we have the Miracle Morning movie, and then so I've got all these big, big, big projects, and I was feeling really overwhelmed. And then the other day, I had a realization, and and it's so often it's not that we need to learn something new; we need to just fully get something we already know, right, or relearn yeah. something that we've known from the yeah. past. And so that I created an affirmation or almost more of a mantra that really helped minimize the feeling of overwhelm. And it was that I can do anything one step at a time, one day at a time. And that was it. And now whenever I'm thinking about all these million things I need to do, I take my vision from the big picture and I bring it into the moment and I go, okay, what's the one thing I can do for the next 30 minutes or 60 minutes, right? And it's amazing that when I just focus on that, just that next step, the anxiety, the fear, the overwhelm, it goes away, right? It only yeah. exists when we're not clear on what are the baby steps? What's the next baby step that I need to take? Absolutely. And I do the same when I write a new book. I also tend to feel overwhelmed you know, uh, about all the projects that, I, that I'm managing, etc. So when I write a new book, instead of thinking, okay, I want to write this new book. Okay, it's 300 pages, you know, with everything I want to put in it, etc. I What I started doing, I focus on half a page a day or one page a day. And that's my goal. It's no more, I mean, I know that the end goal is the book, but my goal becomes writing, I don't know, 10 uh, or half, half a page a day. Uh, yeah. And it changes the game completely, completely. Yep. yep. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it's eight, roughly, according to the USA Today, I think it's 80-something uh, percent of you, people in the United States say that they want to write a book, but I believe it's less than 1% that actually do. And I think that your point exactly is why. And that's so applicable to every goal or dream that we have, which is when we think about the 
the, how far away the finish line is, we often get discouraged. We often get overwhelmed, right? When you think about 300-page book, I don't even know how I'm going to write 300 page. How am I going to think of all that stuff? Fill that up. I don't even know, right? But wait a minute. Can you write one page? Of course I can do one page. All right, well, why don't you do that today? And then tomorrow, do the same thing. And the next day, just do the same thing. And then right? and all of a sudden, in 300 days, you have 300 pages, right? And all of a sudden, now, a year from now, your dream of writing a book is a reality because you focused on those baby steps one step at a time. Um, and I wanted yeah. to say, share just one other piece to add to this that I was reminded of when you were sharing how you go about making meaningful changes. Um, and it's, it's spend time with it. And that's one of my favorites where just simplifying when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling, when we're lacking clarity, wondering, what am I, I don't, you know, what's the next step? I don't even know what to do now. If we just schedule an hour and spend time thinking about brainstorming, working on, take, you know, figuring out the steps, that's when the ideas come. But very often, if we don't have clarity, we don't even schedule the time to get clarity. We just, you know, go, gosh, I don't even know what to do. And so I think one of my favorite things is if it's writing a book, whatever your goals, whatever your dreams are, the one, especially the ones you've been putting off, just schedule time to spend time with them. And yeah. in, initially, it might be where that time is spent just figuring out what the heck you're going to do. And you may not even know what, you know what that is. Yeah. So I, I love your tips. Very simple, but, but really effective at how yeah. you make meaningful and, changes. Yeah. And, and, and also uh, to build on that, I totally agree, you know, have some time to reflection time, thinking time. Uh, and um, I found for myself that when I do that in nature, it's also, it's mm. even more powerful. Yeah. And when I do that walking in nature, because, you know, when you move your body, you start yeah. producing the, the BND, the brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is, which is a, let me say, let's call it a booster for, for our connection or our uh, brain uh, and uh, neural connections. And, uh, and it really, when, when ideas come up. And, and the other thing, or the other option is, which I use quite a lot, is I write you know, a statement, like an affirmation. I am now writing my book, for example, uh, or I'm now writing a book that uh, is helping thousands of people around the world. And then uh, on, on a blank sheet of paper, and then I start asking any kind of questions to that affirmation, like, how am I going to do? Am I really going to do it? Uh, or uh, what do I need? Uh, which kind of book? You know, any kind of affirm of uh, question that comes to me, I, I like spend half an hour just finding questions to that goal, to that affirmation. And, and so in this way, the unconscious mind, again, is, is, uh, uh, gets stimuli and uh, gets stimulated to, to answer those questions and find ways. I love that. Yeah, my uh, my business partner John Burgoff, he uh, he says, I believe the quote that he says often is that when you ask yourself a new question, you change the future before the answer even arrives. Yes. Because by asking the question, you change your focus, right? And then you create new possibilities for new answers, new solutions, new ideas, new directions that didn't exist before you asked that question. So I love that you use questions to really, you know, direct your focus and figure out how to make these changes. So, so let's talk. Yeah, if anybody is listening and they're dealing with unwanted change right now, maybe they lost a job or they lost a relationship, or 
for all of us, right? Unwanted changes are around every corner. I mean, we're always in life. You know, there's always ups and there's downs, and things happen that you're not expecting. Uh, I I crashed my car uh, a couple weeks ago. I, got, I bought a brand new car, and a week later, driving my daughter to school, I crashed it. And uh, I don't know if it's totaled yet. We're still figuring that out. But that was an unwanted change, right? So how do we deal with unwanted? And maybe even what are some examples of unwanted changes? But uh, but how do how do we cope with unwanted change, Lucia? Well, in a nutshell, I would say accept and reframe. So accepting that there are things beyond our control uh, and choosing to be comfortable with that. And this is likely to bring greater peace of mind <laughs> because otherwise the other option would be really waging an, unwilling, an unwinnable war. Because if there's one constant, one certainty in life, it's change. And so... Um, I mean, we, we change continuously. The human body itself is constantly changing. And, and I see it as a woman, for example, you know, I went through menopause and all that, and, and my body started changing. Even, even if I do a lot of physical activity, I do yoga, I, do, I go swimming, but in the end, so, and this is not such an unwanted change, it's a natural change, but, you know, even in small things like, time that that goes by our body changes and sometimes in life we have we go through other experiences unwanted experiences like breakups or illnesses and so the first thing things really is to stop personalizing or saying there's something wrong with me why did it happen to me because that's the first question that you, we humans tend to ask ourselves why did it happen to me and with that question, we start going into a downward spiraling. Like we can find thousands of reasons, negatives, why this thing happened to us. I'm worse than the other people, etc., etc. My life sucks. But reality is that this is just part of life. And, and maybe just, you know, lowering our expectation that everything should always go well, that we should never feel this kind of setbacks. Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, the Vietnamese monk, has a very nice way of putting it. He says, wilting flowers do not cause suffering. It's the unrealistic desire that flowers will not wilt that causes suffering. So this is already, you know, this kind of acceptance and then reframing. And but what do I mean by reframing is that, for example, instead of asking ourselves, why did, did this happen to me? Uh, we just need to change the question and say, why did or, or what or, or why did this happen for me? Meaning, what is the lesson here? What is the possibility here? You know, because in every, in every experience, and this I found it also in my life, in every experience, also the most difficult ones, there's always a possibility for growth. And sometimes it's when you're wounded, your heart opens, and then the light can, can go through. Uh, so really, the idea is to accept what happens and flow through it. Um, this is, I mean, the best advice that I could. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I, I'm a big believer that all of our emotional suffering is caused by the opposite of acceptance, which is resistance, right? And to the degree that we resist reality is the degree that we create that emotional pain. If you If you are really wishing something were different that you can't control, then you're really going to be upset about it, right? 
So yeah, no, I think that you're uh, you're right on. In fact, that's uh, it, I call well, another way of looking at it too is accept life before it happens, right? Meaning yeah. you decide that I'm going to accept all things that happen to me that are out of my control because there's no point in wishing they didn't happen, right? Like you're, it, it's futile, as they say, right? Yeah, we start now. It's uh, again an unwinnable war, and most of the times, actually, we create in our mind we create. Uh, worst images and worst thoughts that gives us an anxiety, even worse than than what in fact is happening. So one good question is here is ask ourselves, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Because uh, most of the times we are scared because we are afraid of the unknown, you yeah. know, a new situation, and so it's unknown. Uh, and a good way to deal with the unknown uh, is to think things through carefully and imagine all the different possibilities or the different possible outcomes and then decide, even in the worst case scenario, will, I mean, can I take it? Okay. And then, you know, gone. And sometimes even writing it down helps. So just, you know, letting your emotions, because the, the option would be to suppress your emotions, which is not good and on the other side you know to make your emotions bigger and stronger and go into panic and uh, i remember one of my teachers uh, uh, meditation teachers used to say there are two ways to make panic uh, bigger and stronger treating it like a boss and obeying it by the order or treating it like an enemy and wishing it to go away uh. so, the idea is to find the line between these two opposites. I love that. I love that. And that I like what you said a few minutes ago about, uh, and I forgot who you quoted, wilting flowers do not cause suffering. It's the unrealistic expectation that the flowers won't wilt that causes yes. suffering. Right? There's yes. such wisdom in that. It's our expectation that everything's going to go according to plan. And when it doesn't go according to plan and our expectations aren't met, right? then we're, we're distraught, we're upset, we're angry. Versus just saying, well, it is what it is and I can't change it. And uh, do you have any affirmations or mantras or anything that, that help you to accept these uh, you know, unwanted changes? Yes. Uh, very basic, very short affirmation. I am safe. Uh, I love Universe that. supports me. Universe, God, spirit, whatever I mean, you want to call it. Uh, or him or her, I don't know which kind of, but, but, um, of name, I mean, people want to give to spirit, but, sure. uh, spirit loves me or life loves me. I am safe. I am safe is really the, the, the deepest one. So simple, so, so short, so deep. So I love, I like that. And I think it goes great with the, you know, you talking about that, asking that question, what's the worst that can happen? You know, and very rarely the worst that can happen would defy that I am safe affirmation, right? Because it's like, whatever's going to happen, I'm safe, you know, right? Exactly. So. Yeah, and I was saying, uh, and also another affirmation, this is happening for my highest good. Ah, uh, that's a great one. I'm writing that one down too. Yes, I have so many notes here for <laughs> listening to you. This is happening for my highest good. Yeah. I love that. I am safe. This is happening for my highest good. Lucia, how do you keep your motivation high? You know, when you're, whether you're in the middle of change or you're trying to make change or achieve your goals, what, what do you have any tips or tricks or strategies for keeping your motivation high? Yes. Again, some questions. You know, I come from the coaching world. I, yeah. I, 
founded a coaching school, so I use questions a lot. And um, why? You know, why am I doing this? In, in this sense, like, for example, I decided to wake up uh, every day at four o'clock. For example, and uh, you know, being a, a night person, it's not easy. Okay, and then I ask myself, okay, why am I really doing this? I'm doing this because I want more time for myself. Okay, and why do I want more time for myself? Because then I can uh, write and read and meditate. Okay, and why is it important for me to write, read, and meditate? Okay, because then I can really be in touch with my soul. And why is it important for me to be in touch with my soul? Because then I can really be in touch with my life mission. Okay, and why is it important to, to be in touch with my life mission? Because so I could leave my life mission and leave a legacy in the world. Okay, then I, li I link that to the, that, you know, higher purpose to the activity, to, to the waking up at four o'clock every morning. And then it becomes so meaningful uh, that, you know, motivation is there. So asking why, but not stopping at the first why, mm. a few why, I would recommend at least five. And, uh, and then you ask why to the answer that comes out. And so you go up in layers to your higher intention. And, and when you've done that, you link it to the, to the activity. I love that. It's the, going down the why rabbit hole, so to speak, right? Just why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? And why is that important to me? And why does that? I, I love that. And it's getting, it's, it, because that's where we get leverage, right? That's where you get the leverage that you need to stay yeah. motivated is when you're really clear on why you're doing something at the deepest, truest, highest good for yourself, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's and then, then, I, then I have another Another yeah. thing, the process I do, because the access of motivation in reality, and I talk a lot about that in, in my book, is a dance between the drive toward what we want and then escape from what we don't want anymore. So sometimes I, I feel I also need to work on that part, on the away from part. So I ask myself a very simple question, what will happen if I don't do this? Mm. So uh, what will happen if things stay the same? What will happen if I don't make the choice? What will happen if I don't wake up at four and keep on, you know, uh, doing the things as I always do? What, won't ha what will happen if I don't write my book, et cetera, et cetera. So, so it's looking at the other side of the coin in terms of what are the consequences of, of staying the yeah. same, not making the change, right? Exactly, exactly. Because many people, when they want to make a, a change in their life, they want, I don't know, to, to uh, leave a, a job, an unfulfilling job and find a new job, etc. Then they start asking themselves questions like, oh, what are the consequences if I leave the security of this job, you know, the, the safety of this job, uh, what will I lose, etc. But they don't reflect on, they don't ask themselves, what will happen if I stay in this job my whole life, you know, in an yeah. unsatisfying job my whole life? Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great point. And, and to your point, I think that often, I think, it, you know, it was Tony Robbins that talks about how we will do much more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure, right? Yeah. And uh, there's another book called Follow, Following Through that talks about that same principle. And so what you're talking about, I think that I think the question of why is important because that gives the leverage, uh, gives yourself the leverage of, well, this is what I really want. Here's why it's important to me. Here's, here's how it's going to benefit me. 
or my family or you know my future right but i think that it it is it, it may be the second question that you gave may be more important based on that principle of how we will do more to avoid pain is to go, what are the consequences if I stay the same, if I don't change? And uh, Robin Sharma, one of my favorite quotes, I, I always, this is back to when you saw, I think you were there for my speech, this is in my speech. I, Robin said that one of the saddest things in life is to wake up one day and realize you could have been, done, and had so much more. And to yes. me, that's a universal answer to the question, what will happen if, right, if I don't have the courage to make this change, to do this thing, is I will wake up one day and realize that I could have been done and had so much more. Yeah, I love that. Uh, uh, one, one last question, just because you touched on it. You mentioned that you get up at 4 a.m. I would love to know, do you have a, a morning ritual that you could share with our audience? Yes, I do, actually. And it's very similar to your savers. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because um, what I do is, uh, depending wo- wo- on where I am, because I live part of the year in Italy and part of the year in Thailand and Bali. Okay. So when I'm in Thailand and Bali, definitely I do more activities outside. When I'm in Italy, if it's winter, I prefer to do you know activities inside. So depending, but definitely I do meditation. And then uh, I do breathing exercises because uh, I also teach, you know, breathwork, rebirthing. And so, so I, I spend at least 10, 15 minutes doing breathing exercises. And then I do some prayers. And the prayers are really, you know, what, what is in my heart in that moment. Because I think that in a way, a meditation is kind of uh, listening to God or spirit. And praying is kind of speaking to God or spirit or spirit so a good conversation a good communication needs to needs both of them so i do that and then i do some physical activity like uh, i do walking or swimming or yoga depending on where when where i am and um, yeah that's my base for the morning that's uh, your and, miracle morning i love it yeah yes and then of course i do during the whole so sometimes I do in the morning, but it may be just four or five minutes because then I, I, when I wake up, when I go to the toilet and then I look at myself in the mirror, I do lots of affirmations in, the, in front of the mirror or uh, when, I, when I'm driving, I do affirmations. So I, I tend to spread them more all over the day. And in the evening, I do journaling and reading. Okay. So so I, you have your miracle evening as well. Yes, I do. I do. And it's very, very powerful because especially, you know, after a day of activities in the evening when I go to bed and normally I do that in the bed, uh, like at least half an hour, sometimes a full hour, journaling, reading, celebrating the positives uh, of the day. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, and I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, almost every highly successful person that I speak with they're they have a morning ritual it's 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 few and far between for those that don't so i think i love seeing that correlation well, well, it's so important it's so important actually also in my book i, I speak about having a morning routine as an a, a tool for transformation because it gives you energy it gives you focus yeah oh, yeah I, I 
uh, yeah, dude, couldn't agree more. Um, so your, your new book is A Whole New Life, Discover the Power of Positive Transformation. Congratulations, by the way, on, you know, you published it in Italy, and now it's making its way around the world, eight different languages, and now it, you know, it lands in the United States. It's available, I know, for pre-order on Amazon right now. What is your desire for that book, you, you know, and, and just your work in general right now? What, what's your highest vision for, for your book and for your work? Well, what I really want is that my work and my book helps people to live better, to have the strength to believe in themselves, in their talents, the ability and the courage to develop them. And I believe that uh, personal improvement, of course, goes through the increase of one's patience and compassion, the diminution of judgment, the search for purpose on, on one's life. And of course, the desire to share it with the world. So I hope that my book can re and my work in general can really be of help for that. And I believe that by doing this and by bringing peace and within ourselves, we can really help the world to live in peace and, and to live really in, 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 I mean, to be better. So. No, no, I, I was saying that in Italy, I, I created, a, uh, I mean, I created, I, probably I just was, I was just the, the start and then people just gathered, but uh, a strong community and of people who really were able to make the, the changes they wanted in their lives and, uh, and they are still doing, I mean, and, and also cope with the unwanted changes. And also in other countries, uh, unexpected countries like Bulgaria, for example. And so I hope that it will be the same for the United States too. Of course, I'm struggling, you know, with with some fears. Um, of course, yeah. First is my yeah, because I think we never, <laughs> at least this goes for me. I, I I never stop, you know, working on myself and at every level. When I first published book, I had the fear, you know. Of I'm not good enough. Who am I to write a book, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, because I really wanted it for the book to be helpful for people. And then I saw that it really helped thousands and thousands of people. And that fear was okay. It it melted away. And now yeah. with with the launch in the US, my fear is my English is not good enough. You know, well, I think if today was any uh, evidence of what's to come, I think your English rocks and you are brilliant and you are, you have a spirit about you of love and truly desiring to help others. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a, a fantastic combination. And I, I, I learned a ton from you today. I got a lot of value, Lucia. So thank you for bringing your work, uh, to the United States. Thank you. Thank you very much for your words, for your kind words. <laughs> Absolutely. And last but not least, what, where, where can we reach you? So uh, my website is uh, Giovannini is G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I-N-I.com. And Facebook, I created a Facebook group called A Whole New Life. Oh, based uh, on the people. book. That's great. Yeah. Yes. So, and of course, also on Facebook, I, I have my main page, public page, Lucia Giovannini. Awesome. Well, everyone, if you... Uh want to learn more from Lucia, reach out to her, go to her website. Uh, and I think most importantly, check out her book. It is available right now for pre-order on Amazon. It's called A Whole New Life, Discover the Power of Positive Transformation. Lucia, it has truly been a pleasure and an honor today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Hal. It's been such an honor and a privilege for me. Thank you. Awesome. You're very welcome. And Goal Achievers, 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I love you. I appreciate you. Go out there and achieve some awesome goals and uh, create that whole new life that you deserve. I love you. And I will talk to you next week, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 